Thank you for uh, joining us today. Today is uh, probably the pivoted one of the series that we're doing. Uh, and you can't say that this is the most important one, but in my mind, it certainly is one of the most important verses that I got in my life. But I have some other verses um, if you want to jot them down, I mean, the references you can, uh, that are kind of helpful, that came to mind as I was thinking about today uh, and what I want to get across to you. What I'm really trying to be careful of, my uh, daughter goes to a Baptist church. Uh, I don't know if I ever, I went to uh I was baptized in a Baptist church. My church was um, IFCA. It's uh, probably even more squeakier than Baptist. So uh, that I pastored. And uh, so it's, it's interesting. Um, but a Baptist church is built on three W's, win them, wet them, and work them. <laughs> well, I want to add, because there's nothing wrong with that, but the problem is, were they ever discipled? Man, I look back in my pastoring, even though I had been discipled, somehow it didn't, I don't know, uh, connect like it should have connected. Um, but when a person is discipled, you're telling them that they're important. They're very important because it's just them. You're not discipling a big group or are, you know, come together for uh, eating and then maybe a couple Bible verses uh, or whatever. But, you know, it's important. You are important and you're able to deal with issues. But I'd like to uh, give you a verse. It's not the verse that I was given uh, in my discipling, but it was a verse that I got last week. I thought was really good. And it's 2 Samuel 23, 31. For God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure and a shield for all who take refuge in him. And that's 2 Samuel 22, uh, verse 31. But see, that's all about what we're talking about, the importance of the word of God. And I mentioned this, and I've shared this, and it, it's worth sharing again. I um, had the privilege of sitting in Dr. McGee's church, J. Vernon McGee. Uh, and we took uh, public transportation to go and then walked quite a few blocks uh, to get to the church in downtown Los Angeles and carrying children. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but McGee was worth it. And uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's through the Bible in so many years. And he's just really a great guy. And also he taught in the Bible college I was at. So I had the privilege of having him as a pastor and putting my feet under the table while he taught us in Bible college. Uh, but the thing that 
that I want to share with you is as wonderful as McGee's messages were, and it wasn't that long ago when I was in Bible college. I mean, it was after the army and all of that. But I can't hardly remember any of his messages. Uh, as wonderful as they were, and humorous and funny, and uh, he was a wonderful communicator. And we had about 4,000 going to church at that time, where most churches in Los Angeles couldn't get 80 on a Sunday. So, I mean, it was a unique uh, outpouring of people going to church. But God's way is perfect. And as I look back in my life in discipling, every verse that was given to me was divine by God because of what I was going to go through. I got the verse just before what I didn't know I was going to go through. It was amazing. I mean, I look back and I was amazed. At the time, I wasn't amazed, you know, but how God was there, you know, all the time. And I wasn't aware of it. Um, just the verses were wonderful. Well, my life was going very well. Uh, the last time we talked, I was working for a hand specialist. Uh, I was telling my daughter about that. She says, oh, dad, you didn't go to get a job, did you? <laughs> I said, I'm too old. I'm almost 90 to go get a job. She thought maybe I got a job working for some hand specialist because I <laughs> mentioned this to her. Now, I want you to know, it was I was much younger, but it was wonderful experience for me to work for this doctor who would take up mangled hands and straighten them out. It was unbelievable. I mean, he did miracles. I just, I was so thrilled to be a part of this wonderful surgeon who took his training in Europe someplace and then came to Los Angeles and only did hands. I mean, he was a doctor and he would see some people, but basically he was a real specialist in straightening out hands. But God's timing is amazing. And as, you know, as I look back, uh, and I've shared this before. I remember the verses that I got 70 years ago. But I don't remember very many messages that I've heard. So there's something about discipleship and memorizing scripture as a part of the Christian journey. Uh, now, I everything was going well. And all of a sudden, and I, I, I marvel at this, I got drafted. Now, all of my f buddies that I was in high school with and stayed friends with after, none of them got drafted. I was the only one that got drafted. And when I got drafted, my... Uh, handler, if you want to call him that, the guy who was discipling me, gave me a verse. And he said, don't read it. Uh, I, I, you don't have time to work on it now. You've got to get, you have to go through being sworn into the army, getting your clothes, all of that stuff. 
But he says, when that all settles down, then I want you to memorize this verse. Now, all the verses I've had, the timing was amazing because I needed it. I got the verse, and the very thing that verse was about was something I had to deal with. So I just stuck this verse in my pocket, and it was the I saw the title, The Assurance of Victory. Oh, that's good. Well, so I get drafted in Los Angeles, and uh, eventually I get on a train to go to where I'm going to go through training, and it was to El Paso, Texas, at Fort Bliss, and across, we're, we're right along the, um, what's the river there? Rio Grande River. And across was um, Mexico, and it was Juarez, Mexico. And it should be Jorge's Mexico. It was, I had no idea. I'd never been in wild, open, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but I had my purpose. I mean, I, I thought whenever you needed the verse on assurance of victory, you needed that when you're being faced with all this evil and everybody's going and you're going to do anything with any of the soldiers, you're going to go to Juarez. Well, being over in Juarez, we did find two restaurants that the music was nice and the food was delicious and very reasonable. I mean, you got a steak for little or nothing. So, because most of the joints, if they weren't joints in the houses of prostitution, were everywhere. And it was just, can't, I just couldn't believe how much open evil and people inviting you, trying to get you into their uh, houses and all that stuff. Well, this is the verse that I got, and it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no temptation taken you such as common to man. I mean, I, I, you couldn't give a guy a better verse when he is going to be faced with what he had never been faced with ever before. Um, and see, to me, it's the timing of the verse. So when you disciple, it's amazing how all the verses I got fit something going on in my life at I was going to have to face. Well, this verse, I didn't give you the whole verse. I started there. No temptation taking you such as common to man. Well, when I grew up as a teenager, you never talked about what was going on in your family, no matter how bad it was. Everything was within, stayed within the house. I mean, none of our neighbors knew that my dad was a mean alcoholic, except up at the bar, because they wouldn't let him go to the bar anymore. He had to go to, uh, to a different bar because uh, he would pick fights. And they said, you're just, you're just causing so much problems, you can't come here. So, I mean, we couldn't say you can't come home because you caused so much problems. But <clears throat> so as I read that verse, it said something to me that I never, ever thought of. There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. 
See, today, people talk about all their evils openly. You know, I had an affair, you know, I'm divorced or I'm whatever. And, you know, I used to do drugs. I mean, all of that is just open. But none of that was open when I got this. So I didn't know the struggles I was having anyone else had at all. And this was a benefit to me. I mean, this was like, wow. I thought I'm the only one who has these thoughts because no one else ever says I had these thoughts, you know, because they wouldn't talk. You didn't do it. It was against culture at that time. But uh, that verse really helped me. I'm going, no temptation taking you. So I'm not weird. I thought, you know, here I'm now walking with the Lord and really trying to live a godly life. And I'm having all kinds of horrible temptations. I mean, even before Juarez. Uh, you know, when I saw that verse, I thought, wow, I had no idea. And so with that verse, there was something else I'd like to give you. Uh, the Second um, Peter 1.3, you may want to put that down. It says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life of godliness and through our knowledge of him. So God has given us everything, regardless of the culture and what you're going through. God has given us everything we need, the power we need to go through this. And so you get these verses and other verses are similar. They're not exact, but similar to this. There's no temptation taken you, but such as cometh man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above where you are, what your ability to deal with at this time, that you will be able to go through that temptation and make it all the way through. So I, I, I've got that all mixed up. I mean, what I said is right, but it's not with the verse. There's no temptation taking you, but such as common to man, that God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You think, oh, I can't take anymore. I just, and God says, yes, I'll take you through that. And that's the verse of assurance of victory. Uh, the um, there's, there's so much when I got that verse and I was memorizing it and I just started, and it was a hard verse for me to memorize. It was in the old King James. Um, and I'm sorry, I know there are King James only people that listen to me and I understand. I was a, really, I, I cut my teeth on the King James, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> All of my uh, verses I memorize were all King James. Um, so I'm not a King James only, but I love the King James. It has a beauty to it. Uh, the, the Psalms in the King James Bible are beautiful. They are so beautiful when you read them. Uh, and, and Proverbs is excellent also. But anyway... Uh, this idea of being tempted, 
uh, and in the temptation, there will be an, a way of escape if we will cry, God, how do I handle this? How do I get through this and not lose and not get caught up in it? Because it's so easy uh, in our culture to get caught up in the culture. And all of a sudden, I'm more wrapped up in the culture than I am in scripture. Um, see, when we pray, God says he remembers our sins no more. So as I'm going through this attack, heavy attack, it's the assurance of victory when you need that. It's like. The bottom's dropping out. There's just so much attacking you everywhere, it seems. I don't know if I can make it through this. But he uh, will never give us more or let more in our life that I can't handle. Um, you know, in the Army, I didn't think I could do what I was doing. But I didn't have to do the heavy stuff and all these amazing uh, physical things that they put you through and make you do. Uh, they work you into it. So slowly, you get more and more and more. And it's the same way in dealing with the enemy. Remember, God says he will not give you more than you're able to handle and even with the thoughts, we're to take every thought captive. And that's part of the victory. That's part of the assurance of victory is bringing my mind under the control of the spirit of God. But you say, well, if God says he'll remember my sins no more, then why do I remember them? That all fits into this verse and into this battle. Why do I remember my failures when God doesn't remember my failures? Now, I have to wrestle with that. You're saying, but I, that verse isn't true. The verse is true. God says he will not remember my sins anymore. But who's the accuser of the brethren? Who knows the ink spots and who knows uh, the wrong choices and that we've made. The enemy does. So right now, this is so important. If you're being discipled by anyone, if you're struggling with your thoughts and you're going, I just don't think scripture's true. Why I've confessed. Why do I need to confess again and again and again? Uh, and then I get a little breakthrough. Now, when you confess to the Lord, he forgives you. But remember, there's an enemy. And I don't have to take the, uh, the accusing from the enemy. And that's what he does. He accuses us. And so the Lord forgives us and removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. He says, I'll remember them no more. And when I remember them, it's not God. And it's not the Holy Spirit. It's the enemy. If I've dealt with it, then it's the enemy. And he wants to defeat me, discourage me, and all. And I have assurance of victory. You know, 
There is no temptation taking you such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to deal with. It may be right at the edge. In the army, they took us right to the edge to strengthen us. And they say, oh, well, I know your muscles hurt, so we're not. No, you'll get through this and you'll be stronger. And we go through temptations and struggles. But if we go through with God's help, we'll come out stronger, uh, a stronger Christian. So I just, um, I just can't tell you how the assurance of victory took me through the dark days of the army. I had no friends that I could talk. I mean, I had guys that I lived with, but they were not interested in the Lord at all. I tried talking to them and they told me to mind my own business and whatever. So I did. I wasn't going to, you know, cause problems, but there was no one to have fellowship with. I, my mentor is not there. He's now in, in uh, <clears throat> overseas uh, running uh, a navigator place in Germany. So I didn't have him anymore. I didn't have the people I met with uh, when I had the free time from the doctor to work in the nav office. I was cut off from everybody except my verses. <laughs> and they took me through. And I can tell you that mentoring someone, spending time with them, allowing them to ask questions. And to you, they may seem like dumb questions, but there's no question that's dumb. It's just, they don't know the answer. And, uh, and don't make them feel dumb because they asked that, that, that question. And I'm hoping the purpose of all of this that I'm sharing with you was some of you should be mentoring someone. Some of you should be pouring your life into one person, one on one. And that's really the way to go. Uh, big groups is not the same. There's not the openness in a big group. And I've been in big groups, you know, I've been through it all. But the most effective way of mentoring somebody is one on one to the point where they go through and they're able to handle the basic issues of life. Then you wean them off. You're always available, but then you can take someone else that doesn't know anything. It just came to Christ and work with him. Uh, I was amazed here in Sioux City. And Sioux City is, um, I mean, you could go by in the freeway and maybe burp and miss it. <laughs> you know, it just, it's, it's not, you know, a huge place. But the... The biggest church here that has the most attendance, the pastor was a navigator. He went through the navs. And I thought, makes sense. It makes sense because of, the, of his love for people. And he takes trips to Israel. And a lot of people go to Israel with him. Uh, he knows how to work with a small group like one-on-one -on -one, as you know as he was discipled and he's discipled that was 
you just don't know. One of the, the builders here in town was a navigator. And uh, and once you once you get involved in discipling and using their material, uh, you'll never get away from it because you're going, it's designed simply, designed with a program, have a beginning and an end. And that's the benefit of their program. Uh, and they have other programs within the program, but the first program, and what what's that called, Paul? Beginning with Christ? Beginning with Christ yeah. It's called Beginning with Christ. And all the verses are in there. You know, they're all there and a little explanation of them. And uh, you can come alongside somebody and begin to share the verses with them. And, you know, their eyes are open. I, I wonder what, I had no idea what God wanted me to do with my life. I was satisfied in the medical. Being there, I, I was trained. I spent hours in training and I love looking in a microscope at blood to see if it's deficient or diseased and all of that. I mean, it's, I just I just loved it. And I, uh, I didn't hate going to work when I was working with the blood and I loved doing x-rays and seeing if I could get a better x-ray, a clearer x-ray or whatever. I enjoyed all of that, but God said, no, that was good. I'm glad, you know, that he allowed me to work with people. And I had a lot of the fear of people taken away from me, but with the verses, it gave me the strength to begin to speak because I was speaking God's truth. I'd experienced it. I was having victory in my life over areas that I never had victory over. We're not through with the verses, but remember, you're listening to me right now. There's no temptation that you're facing or will face that others haven't. And the Lord will go through those temptations with you. And, you know, I... Tolkien said something. I don't know that I hear it yesterday. I guess I heard it yesterday, but he said, no father should have to bury a son. That's true. And I had to do that. But God helped me through that. If I had didn't have the word, what would I turn to? A lot of people turn to the bottle or drugs or something else. But the Lord is enough. The Lord is sufficient to take you through the shadows of life, the disappointments. Uh, and God, remember, will not allow you to be attempted above what you're able. He knows where your breaking point is. And he won't go past that. The enemy may want to go past that, but not the Lord. So I, I just, the one of the greatest blessings I could have from doing these program is someone saying, you convince me. I ought to spend some time with a brand new believer and help them get grounded. If you did that, then my coming here with great effort, with the cane and dragging my legs and all the <laughs> stuff I go through, it's worth it. If somebody would say, I want to spend some time 
with a new believer and help them to get their feet on the ground and uh, where they can begin to walk with the Lord. Because it's amazing when you've been discipled, you will disciple others. You, you just have to. It's such a blessing. Uh, you know the importance of it. You know the benefit of it. And remember, it's not just listening to tapes or watching videos. And we do that. In fact, I had a guy in the office today, and we watched a tape, and it was good. And we prayed together and all. Uh, but I've spent time with him for years. Um, <clears throat> so I, I just, you want to make my day? You make by day, you go out in the street, grab somebody by the collar and say, hey, you need Jesus and I'm going to disciple you. <laughs> You'll make my day. Father, I just thank you. I, I thank you, Lord, that somebody saw that I was worth spending time with and having me memorizing verses that really prepared me for a life I had no idea and all the wonderful and exciting things and all the countries I've been to and all of that, it all came because one guy thought I was worth spending time with. And I thank you for that. And Lord, may those that are listening, and I know some of you that are listening, uh, and I will not call you out by name. <laughs> I won't. But I'm thankful because we've been friends for years. But have you really discipled somebody? If you just get that beginning with Christ navigator thing, it's simple. You have the verses, you have a little bling of where to go and how to go. And it makes discipling very, very easy. The basic discipling, just getting someone grounded in the word and grounded in the Lord. So, Father, I pray, please, uh, Lord, I ask your Holy Spirit to call people that are listening, men, women, teen, even teenagers, uh, to want to spend time in someone's life, but they have to memorize scripture because it's the word of God is the key. And writing thy word, if I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And so... The word of God is a real protector against sinning. Uh, when you're being tempted to have those a verse pop up, there's no temptation taking you such as common to man. Come on. You know, you're not unique. You're not different. You're a person. And the only kind of temptation you have, person temptations. And I know who the tempter is. You know, I just, Lord, I just pray that these times of sharing will be of benefit to people wanting to spend some time with other people, sharing what they know and helping them learn verses and praying with them, being a prayer partner with them, helping them to become strong so they can share with others. And that's the whole key is people sharing with others so they can share with others. In Jesus' name, amen.
Okay.